Johnny Sataki has been extended through 2023. You and I have said time and again, he should be extended. BYU took its time getting there. I think this has been on his mind. You're only human to think about that extension and your contract and what's going to happen in the future. I would have guessed the resistance was coming somewhere other than Tom Homo. Tom doesn't want Kalani to fail. That's Tom's hire. But what happened should have happened. And now Kalani will be around until 23 and maybe longer if he continues to grow this thing in the direction it's headed right now. Sam Amick from The Athletic. You know, we've been able in the media for five years now to just fixate on the Warriors in the West for the most part and then maybe a little bit the Rockets. And no disrespect to the Jazz, but it was like they were on that second tier and the Rockets were too. But the Warriors kind of ruled the basketball world in the West and you didn't do as much monitoring of these different teams. I'm having a hard time keeping up because I like taking a pulse on all of them. But right now, if I had to handicap a squad coming out of the West, it's probably going to be Lakers or Clippers. Our good friend Josh Parcell, of course, from WFNZ in Charlotte, also part of uh, college football coverage on Sirius and XM Satellite Radio, not to mention the College Football Country Podcast. Josh, what is up? How are you? I actually think Penn State's resume at this point is better. They, they have more quality wins than the youth, and their one loss is, to be quite honest, better than Utah's loss. I mean, USC is a good team, but Minnesota's ranked higher. That loss is better. So I'm actually a little surprised that Penn State is ranked behind Utah for now. Having said that, in a couple weeks, Utah's going to have a chance to answer all those questions. And if they beat Oregon, I think they have a really good case to make it into the playoffs. Greg Bowler, Jack, with us on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The beauty of what the Jazz had built in this offseason was to have multiple players like a Conley, like a Bogdanovich, Jeff Green, a Moutier, who could take some of the pressure off Donovan Mitchell. You know, the roster at hand on paper looks good, but at the same time, shooting woes. Last year was an issue, and so far this season, there's been nights they look absolutely unstoppable, but you've got to be a consistent team to be, obviously, a player in the West and to win the West and go beyond. Tanner Mangum with us. BYU gives Kalani Sitake an extension. Your thoughts? If you watch the video of the team in the locker room afterwards, that's all you need to know about how the team feels about that extension. It's the right move. You keep going. You keep rolling with where you're at. Keep the continuity. Keep the consistency. And now I just hope that the program and the administration can give Kalani the help that he needs. Just like when you sign good players, now you have to have a good game plan on how you're going to use them and how you're going to help them be successful. What resources can you give him to maximize his extension? Rudy has become an incredibly versatile defender. The Jazz said, okay, you're a great rim defender, but now we want you to be a great defender on the floor. Yeah. And we want you to defend the pick and roll like a guy who's 6'3" instead of a guy who's 7-1. We're going to need you to do a little more. By the way, after you're done, get back here and protect the rim. And then he absolutely goes out and does it. He deserves more credit than he gets for the improvement that he's made. And he basically just does everything the coaches ask of him. And it's really amazing. Best Sports Radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Is everybody ready? Everybody's working Let's get rolling. This- 
is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. It is The Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, happy Friday. We are live today from The Warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West, right here in Salt Lake. Great job by Austin on Sounds of the Week. Brought to you uh, this hour by Airport Parking. Begin and end every great trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car-to-curb service, 24-7 airport shuttles, fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water, plus nobody beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save. Diamond Airport Parking. Gordon Monson, hello. How are you today? Hi, Jake. How are you doing? We hope everyone's having a fantastic Friday. If you're not, if you're bumming for some reason, uh, we send our best wishes to you, and hopefully we'll be able to, I don't know, put a smile on your face or at least uh, take your mind off whatever it is that's uh, weighing you down. Are you, in fact, bumming today, Gordon? Is that why you bring it up? No, 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 no. Uh, no. How would, you, how would you describe your aura today? I had you assign a color to it the other day, and you said green. <laughs> what, what color is your aura today? Oh, uh, it's, uh, I would say, fuchsia. Fuchsia. Yeah, okay. All right. It's 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 going to get weird on a Friday. Gordon's aura is fuchsia today. Uh, don't ask me. I don't know nothing about auras. All I know is what mood I'm in. All right. And I'm been- happy to be here, happy to do a show, and happy to be at the warehouse. Uh, we have a busy day today on the Big Show. We'll have Gordon's List coming up here momentarily. Howard Beck will be on with us at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Jordan Pendleton joins the show at 4.30, the former Cougar. And very excited about this interview coming up at 5.30, Gordon. Greg Hansen is uh, is going to be on the show. Greg is a columnist in Tucson, and uh, he's been on the Big Show a number of times before. But right now, uh, he has a column, and I did tweet out uh, a link to it, at Jake Scott Zone. Uh, but a column at uh, Tucson.com headlined, Utah has taken on Coach Kyle Whittingham's hard-nosed, team-first approach, lapping Arizona. And he compares Utah uh, under Kyle Whittingham kind of to the trajectory Arizona's been on for the last 20 years in the post-Dick Tomey era. And it is a great read. It's, it's really terrific. Uh, couldn't encourage folks more, and basically saying Utah, uh, you know, uh, Ron McBride is is even mentioning it several times that uh, he came from Arizona, and of course the Dick Tomey coaching tree, and uh, hired Kyle Whittingham. So uh, it's gonna Greg's gonna be great. Five thirty. Well, he always is. can't He's, miss interview. He speaks his mind. That's the beautiful thing about it. Just tells it like he, he sees it. Well, uh, check out his check out his column for sure. Again, I tweeted a link to it at I think, Scott I think Zone. he's from Utah. Uh, we were talking about before. I, th- I believe he went mm-hmm. to Utah State, so he's mm-hmm. he's familiar with what he's writing about, and it's 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 very interesting. And would it appear that uh, the, the whole Kevin Sumlin thing in Arizona is not going terrifically so well. well. So, uh, <laughs> Greg will be on the show coming up at five thirty. So, uh, with that in mind, Gordon, how's our how's your uh, your list looking? It's ready to go. Is it ready? It is. Uh, jumping at the bit over there. Let's go. Austin back at our Vivint Smart Home Arena Carrier Studios. Uh, let's get to Gordon's list. And now another look into the mind of Gordon Monson. I know we're all terrified. Let's just try to get through this together. This is Gordon's list on ninety seven five twelve eighty the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. 
food is fuel. I'm a cheese fanatic, but I'm not a connoisseur. I got a thing for chocolate donuts. This is junk food. I got the Thanksgiving. I got the classic, and I got the Rickster. And I ordered cherry pie. I've seen parents who, let's just say, they hadn't always pushed away from the buffet table. It's a big show. It's time for Gordon's List, brought to you by our friends each and every week at Tim Daly Nissan Southtown. All right, Gordon, let's get to it. All right, let's start with the Utah Jazz going up against the Warriors tonight at over at Vivint. You know, Jake, what seemed like a force that would last for, what, five to ten years, far past Kevin Durant, is in a bit of a lull right now. I guess, like the Terminator, they will be Bach. Or will they? Do you think when Clay and Steph are healthy, ready to go, that the team is going to be formidable again? Or do you think this lull will cost them sort of the competitive momentum that they had built over time? Um, I think they'll be back, not in the in the same with the same dominance that mm-hmm. they were were before. I mean, Kevin Durant during his prime is a is a pretty generational type talent. Is Steph Curry same thing? And uh, but here's the thing, they've played a ton of games. The past five years, Gordon, a ton of a ton of games. And so if they use this as kind of a reset year where they get everybody back and healthy, they add a good draft pick because they're going to get one because they're really bad. Uh, it, you know, throw because they, they're hard capped out, so they don't have a lot of room to maneuver. Right. And that's really what set them up to begin with. Remember, because Steph had that low paying right. deal, essentially. And so that enabled them to gather well, then the, the t- and the TV money hit. Remember, so the yeah, the cap right. jumped by fifteen percent. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was a, a true once in a lifetime opportunity that Golden State could even get Kevin Durant, and so now they're capped out. So the easiest way to add players when you're capped out is certainly through the draft. So and like you said, they're going to be right there. They're, the they're going to be right there, and so now they have to figure out if D'Angelo Russell is a part of the long term. Uh, uh, picture because that's the other asset they have, and if they decide that he's not, then you you move him for what you know you can get as a good piece, and then hopefully next year you're looking at your big three again, uh, a nice young player, and either D'Angelo Russell or what you could parlay that into, and that that's that's certainly a playoff team. Do you think Draymond Green is a long term part of uh, of the plan? I. Uh, yeah, and let me let me look up his salary uh, real quick and see. You know, obviously he's where under, he's, at. he's got a good contract, but uh, but you know, I mean, sometimes guys get traded. Uh, yeah, I mean, but uh, yeah, I see. He's what made them unique in the first place. Maybe not what made them legendary, right? right. But he made them unique. He was that guy that sort of filled in around the edges uh, of the stars, the, the offensive stars that they had. So his big deal kicks in. Really, next year, twenty. He's making uh, twenty-two-two, then twenty-four after that, twenty-five-eight after that, mm-hmm. and finally a player option for twenty-seven-five in two thousand twenty-three, two thousand twenty-four. So let me put it this way: he better be a part of their long-term <laughs> solution because if he's not, that could be trouble for them because that eventually is not going to be a real easy contract to move off. No, of. probably not. It probably still is, but I, I don't know. It just depends on if. You like uh, what he brings to a team and his attitude. He's, and all he's that just other stuff. he's never going to be a number one. Right, right. He, he just is, mm-hmm. is never going to be the best player on a playoff team. But if he's your, in this case, fourth be- or third or fourth best player on a playoff team, then you're you're looking pretty good. Well, he's number one in his own mind. 
Well, yeah, and he, but he's also an edge player, which he's you you need a player or two like that on on your playoff teams, right? Okay, yeah, I, yeah. I think back to some of the great teams through the years; they have kind of a guy like that. So, uh, oh, by the way, do you think the, re- the 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 reason the NBA is so interesting this year is because of their demise, right? Because I mean, there's not a big roadblock that yeah. that you can't get past. And it's kind of like, oh, uh, why even bother? You know, the Warriors are there. Why even try? You know, now everyone's scrambling, so it makes it more fun. Are you ready for for my analogy? I yeah. I read this uh, fictional book about the uh, drug cartels. In fact, it's a it's three different books, but the 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 last one is call actually called the the cartel. And basically, the 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 head of everything has been removed, right? He was uh, he was killed. So then, and it's somebody all, has to fill in. It's right? all about like the scramble, growing a new head. It's all about the scramble to fill the top, fill the void, right? And uh. I, that's what we're seeing in the Western Conference. Like, like <laughs> the big dog is gone. Wait, wait, did you just compare the NBA to a? Drug cartel, a fictional book. Yes, yes, I did. But we're seeing the scramble to fill the void. Look at all these. Look at all these NBA franchises, the Jazz included, who made big time moves because the opportunity is now. So, if the Jazz now are able to make their way to the top, would that make them the Pablo Escobar? Or whoever replaced Pablo, probably yeah. more accurate. I lose track of them all. But uh, who was the guy after Pablo? No, I don't know. Uh, all right. Uh, the Utes in Arizona, you mentioned. Let me ask you this one question. If Utah loses, would it be the worst loss in the history of the program? Yes. Ooh. Given the fact of the timing of it and the opportunity that is there. And what's there, yes. And, I think and you, the fact that Arizona has lost five straight games. The answer would be yes. Absolutely. It would be the worst loss in the history of the program. Yep. Yeah. Well, he's looking for number seven. Although that, you know what, that Colorado loss with the division yes. on the line yeah. when they first got but, into the Pac-12. But not as much, although that would have been a nice statement to make, get into the championship game your first year in. And that was Colorado's first win outside <laughs> of the state in like four years or something ridiculous. <laughs> BYU at UMass, uh, is anyone buying the game? I can't imagine. I mean... Are you really going to okay? Let me say it was twenty, thirty bucks, twenty nine, twenty nine bucks, something I like that. I think the BYU release said twenty nine dollars. But so, so here is the thing: think about normal stuff that you buy on a on a pay per view, like a big boxing event or something like that. Don't you don't knock you, out in the first twenty minutes? Don't you if twenty you're gonna, seconds? If you are going to do that and, and shell out that money, don't you usually like get everybody together? You know, make make a big deal out of it because you got to pay for it. So you might as well like. You know, Take one person from everybody, right? One person on the block gets it, and then everybody gets together, or something like that. Are, are you going to get everybody together for a game against UMass? Is uh, that is that really worth? I I can't imagine that they're selling very many. I I don't know. You know, BYU fans are fairly loyal, but uh, if it were a different opponent, if they were playing Boston College, different story. Yeah, but they're favored but by God's really isn't that good either. But they're favored by forty. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it is? Something like that. Usually when it gets that high, don't they take it off the board? Uh, Let's see. That's crazy. That is crazy. Well, UMass is is definitely the worst team in in Division I. So here, 
Gordon, uh, why stall for me, would you, as I bring this up? Uh, let's see. You're minus 40 exactly, BYU fan. I can't. I, that's, uh, that's unbelievable. How in the world are you supposed to figure that? You know, it it comes down to how much. That, when, you, when you're winning by that much, doesn't it come down to the mercy of the head coach? So where would you bet? <laughs> uh, well, I'd probably bet the over. Well, the over-under is something else. I mean, you, I mean, you, you know would what take, I mean. take uh, BYU I'm not minus 40. Yes. I would take the Cougars. I think so. UMass is horrible. They are terrible. And I don't, <laughs> 40 are, is so high. These college kids, I don't like to make fun of college kids. I mean, it's not the kids' fault. They can be only as good as they are. But the over-under is 69. Hmm. Uh, yeah. I probably well, that's a lot. I yeah, mean, and BYU's defense hasn't been terrific, but realistically, how many points do you expect them to give up to you? Well, let's see. UMass put about twenty on Liberty, right? So I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Boise State at Utah State. That's a that's a good game. I I'm concerned about the quarterback position for the Aggies. Uh, is there an update on? Uh, I haven't. Jordan? I mean, there's not going to be an update, but. I mean, you heard Hanson and Scotty and Coach Mack talking about it a little bit in Football Friday today. They, they it did not sound they did not sound optimistic. Let me mm. put it that way. Well, err on the side of the caution. Although that's a big game for the Aggies and the Broncos. The Broncos are still ranked twentieth, I think. I'm surprised. Yeah. Well, they're there. Uh, BYU beat both of those teams, but Boise State, a quality program, got a lot of respect for what they do up there. All right, uh, Jake uh, Miles Garrett who swung the helmet, was suspended, appealed. The suspension was upheld. Uh, Garrett said uh, Rudolph, Mason Rudolph, used a racist slur. You know, I think in some ways when something like that gets tossed out there, that Rudolph will end up paying a heftier price than Garrett. Because... Garrett is going to – he's suspended, and then he's going to be back, right? I have no idea whether uh, Rudolph said what uh, what Garrett said he said. Uh, and, but there was no evidence. The NFL looked into it. So how would you like to be accused of something like that and have it not be true? That's terrible. And and if it is not true, you know. So he's got to carry that that suspicion – that people, some people will have. I think some people will just flat out dismiss it and not worry about it. But some people might wonder a little bit. Did what did you did you say something? Uh, it's, it's just terrible. And and I don't know. I, I hate the whole situation because you would like to think that they, that card would not be played. But if somebody's desperate to justify their actions, who knows? Well, remember uh, our very good friend Britton. Yeah, got accused Had of the same something thing like that. To him. And later, didn't the guy come out he and did. say, "I made it up"? Yeah, the, later at Noctar Jai, I believe was who it was. That's, one of the things that bothers me about this, there's a lot that bothers me about it. But uh, one of the things is that there's no real defense. There's no defense for it, other than saying How, I you didn't can't do it. prove something wasn't said. You really can't. I mean, if especially they didn't catch it on video or nobody's mic'd up or, or whatever. Huh. 
Anyway, do you have any other thoughts on that? We really haven't talked about that very much, but uh, I found it interesting that Garrett said, well, he thought the the talk with the league was private and that it wouldn't go public and all this stuff. And I'm thinking to myself, it's going to go public. No, what, what, if, if the NFL bought what he was saying and reduced his suspension, wouldn't everybody ask, well, why'd you do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think people would. So I, I don't, I don't know. know. I just that, that's he says he heard what he heard, but there's no proof of it. So oh, by the way, Colin Kaepernick, he might hold a second tryout during the NFL meetings in Palm Beach, Florida, in March, and along with uh, those those meetings there, have it nearby where owners and GMs and the power brokers in the NFL can come watch him play. Is this turning? I mean, is this getting to the point of of being hitting the tipping point of complete uh, absurdity? Oh, we passed we passed that line a long time ago. Are you kidding? Do you want to get? We can get into this a little bit more on the on the other side, but. But yeah, how this is all happening is from both sides of things. Well, his is, first his first tryout, whatever workout, whatever it was was it? You know, it was on a Saturday in the middle of the season. How, who's going to go to that? Well, and they they tried to force him to sign a, a paper that said he would not sue them. That was the whole I, point of the workout. Uh, it, it, I just I don't. I, I mean, it, it, I, I really have a problem if if NFL teams are are colluding and shutting him out. Uh, but but these things could be if he's really good enough to play. I think there would be a way to solve some of the problems. And you've already made some suggestions that I thought were pretty good. Well, we can get into that later. All right. Uh, we are live at the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. Don't forget, of course, about their Orem location on University Parkway. Brand spanking new. Our good friend Tom joins us, of course. And, Tom, first of all, it feels like it's been a minute, man. It's good to see you. You're a world traveler. You're a busy <laughs> dude, proud father. Uh, I'm. Uh, it's just good to see you, man. Hey, we'll get you. I can't. I cannot hear you. Well, we'll get. Uh, <laughs> we'll get Tom a new. Let's get Tom a new headset. You know, <laughs> nothing works around here. This is why we can't have nice things. There he is. Now you can hear me. Yeah. We missed you, buddy. I missed you. Even your faces. I, I wouldn't say that about PK though. No, well, that's a scary thought. <laughs> that is a scary thought. I'll pass it along to him. Hey, we have. Uh, we talk about deals a lot when you come down here. I told Gordon, I told you before we got on the air today, that I I had a deal brought to me. We get deals every day. We've, we've told the story. But I have adjustable beds like you have never seen. So we become famous. We're the cheapest price uh, probably in the country for adjustable beds. I just bought five truckloads of adjustable beds. Oh, man. I have inventory. So the deals are better than I've ever done remember that cal king deal we did yeah and i couldn't do it in anything but cal king i have a king bed so it's head up only adjustable bed with a gel infused memory foam mattress the base is normally about eleven hundred dollars right and it's two pieces Uh uh-huh you can sync them together to make it worth with work with a solid mattress or you're individualized. So if you want to sit up and watch TV or work on your computer while your sweet wife is asleep, mm-hmm. raise your head, you don't disturb her. Awesome. 999. Wow. For a king. 
for a king. That that is the best price I've ever seen. I've never seen a price like that. I can do solid mattress or split. Either one. Your choice. Wow. Now let's get into the crazy stuff. <laughs> I have a head up, foot up, king. I have Cal King, and we've done it at fourteen ninety nine, which is the best price in the country. It's a forty two hundred dollar setup. I'm going to do a king today. Head up, foot up, king. With a mattress that is uh, gel infused for fifteen ninety nine. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Now, if you've been waiting and you've been to the stores, you've been to our competitors and you've seen the $10,000 to $17,000 bed setups. And I won't say the name of the mattress. I won't say the name of the company that sells it. I went today in one of my competitors, and I saw, and it's one of the better recognized brands. My friend right here used to represent that bed. It's $17,000. Wow. It's got every feature in the base. I'm doing it. Here you go. I made a mistake. I told you something that was a lie. Uh-oh. And I'm not even lying. I'm sitting. Uh-huh. Sorry, that was bad. <laughs> that was Gordon. That's for that a mattress that was, man. Huh? That was clowky. No, that was clowky. <laughs> that was clowky. I'm going to do, and this, this, this base has every feature you can dream of. It's got the lumbar support. It's got USB. It even has an AC plug that you can plug a laptop into. It's got LED lights underneath, 12-inch hybrid or all gel and memory foam. Your choice. The bases, and I can show you when you come in, online they're $3,700 per site. You're good at math. 37 times 2 is how much? Seven $7,400 for the bases. I'm going to give you the bases with a 12-inch gel-infused memory foam hybrid or all foam if you want all foam. Whatever. Your choice. Twenty four ninety nine, Unbelievable. So less than one base at the other guys. And then you got to put the mattress on top. How wow. much would that mattress be? Thirty-five hundred bucks per side. Per side, well. so so call that seven thousand plus seven thousand. That's a fourteen thousand dollars set for two thousand four hundred and ninety-nine bucks. And then we'll deliver it for you, and we'll set it up for fifty bucks. Wow! Boom! You outdo yeah, yourself, that's, Tom. Boom! That is, crazy. That is huge. Now look, and, financing. Hold on, real fast. If you want this for Christmas, if you want to surprise somebody. I'm going to run out of sizes. I've got lots of queens, and the queen deals we'll talk about next break. I just talked about kings today. I'm going to do a year, same as cash. I'm going to eat the interest on it. And if your credit's rough, I can do 100 days, same as crash. Crash. Sorry, my brain's crashing. (laughs) Same as cash, no interest for 100 days, no credit needed. Wow. 1967 South, 300 West. Don't forget about the store in Orem as well on University Parkway. He is Tom from the Warehouse. More of Gordon's List next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Slow Mo Joe. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. PK. 
as a player, did you notice all the whistles and think, hey, I got to play this a little differently? Cliche as it is, you don't really have a choice but to move on and just focus on what your team's doing. It's probably funny coming from a guy like me who talks to the referees every possession, but we've done a pretty good job all year of adjusting to referees. They've got a pretty tough job to do, so I'm very happy for them. They do a great job. Have you ever refereed in any way? Nah, I definitely 100% will never ever be a referee. I can tell you that. You can referee kids. I don't have enough problem refereeing my own children in my own house, never mind 10 kids on a court. Oh, yeah. Catch Jazzman Joe Ingles with DJ and PK every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5, The Zone, live from the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. Come on by and see us. Band of the day today, Fallout Boy, selected by Austin, brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artists inside of LiveNation.com. Gordon, uh, let's uh, continue on with that list. All righty. Uh, continuing on with the NFL, did you see that the, that the league is considering a rule change for onside kicks? What are they considering now? Well, they had previously looked at it, but it, it didn't get much traction. But they are looking at it still, or planning to, where a team in the fourth quarter, after a score, could take the ball on its own 35-yard line on a fourth and 15 single play and sort of wing it. And if they picked up the first down, they retain possession. If not, the other team takes over there. Now, one of the reasons that people are talking about this is because the onside kick has gotten to the point where it's six or seven percent of the time where it's successful. I know so but people the, are looking for ways to add excitement. See, I don't. I, you can only do it once, though. I'm fine with six or seven percent. That's kind of what it should be. Didn't it used to be like thirteen or fifteen percent or something? I don't know, but it shouldn't be high. It should be low. It's a an onside kick is a desperation move, and that's what it should be. Well, so do you don't think this is desperate enough? Right. Because you think it'd be easier to pick up, don't you? Uh, uh, fifteen yards on a fourth and fifteen than it would be. I don't. Yeah, I imagine the statistics. I don't know. We probably could look that up, but I don't know what the that's got conversion be. rate is on fourth and fifteen. It's got to be higher than. I mean, uh, but that's the point. They're trying to add a little because I know that's the because point. But the I don't onside think it, kick is turned into this sort of okay. It never works. It. I. I think. Do we need to add more flukishness into a win or <laughs> loss? I mean, you know, an onside kick. It should be desperate. The percentage should be low because if you're trying one, you've basically lost. But uh, yeah, but okay. But even if you recover an onside kick, doesn't mean you're going to win. No, it does not. You still got a lot of work to do. But think of everything. so that you take the six percent, and then on top of that, whatever the percentage would be that you score from there. I, I mean, it's pretty low. 
should be low. Uh, the question is how low? How low should they go? I'm comfortable with how it is now. Austin, what do you think? Jake is uh, kind of a traditionalist. He's in this sense? He, he doesn't want to mess anything up. Uh, what do you think? Do you think that's a decent idea? I, I think that kicking should be removed from football altogether in any facet, shape, or form. I, I've and, been on the record of saying that for a couple of years now. So as as I've and so I, what should and it I've, be that Austin? I've often like a, said that if you're going to take the kicking out of the game, then you have to you can't call it football anymore. You shouldn't have to be call called that ball. anyway. Yeah. Well, I want to know what Austin's solution would be, like a fist fight for the ball? Yep. <laughs> yep. Two guys go down in a pit, one pipe, one guy leaves, the other doesn't. Wasn't there a league that had the ball at the 50-yard line and it was X- a mad scramble XFL, for the ball? Yeah. That seems a little bit drastic. That no, I, I think I think that you get one time in, in, in a game where you go for two, but you designate this as if we get two – then uh, this is going to be the one time that we also get the ball back at the opposite 25. So no no more extra points. You go for two every time, but you get one time a game where you say, this is the one where if we get it, we also get the ball at the 25. And you have to start from like the 10 instead of the 5 or whatever. Now you're rearranging the furniture all over the place. Uh. I like the fist fight idea better. <laughs> Well, I told you, every time I go to a hockey game, when a fight breaks out, everyone stands up and starts cheering. And? So, I mean, that does that, happen? That might... Are you looking for confirmation? Or no, you... no, I'm just that saying that happen, if, Gordon? If, you, if you had a fist fight, then people would probably stand up and cheer. They probably would. That's probably true. Any other rule changes you would make? Uh, no, I don't think so. Let, uh, get rid of replay altogether. I remember one time. Well, it just drags on and on. Oh, it and makes on. it makes it just borderline unwatchable. I just hate it. I'd rather have the mistakes than the replay. One time we were talking about rule changes, and I suggested that in baseball, uh, and you'll appreciate this, Jake, because you used to be a kickballer, right? You oh used yeah, to, you used to, uh, play used to kickball. kick the ball around, and uh, <laughs> that's sort of a fun game. I, I've been playing that since I was a kid. Oh, it's incredible. They have leagues now. You should go play. Yeah? What was How long ago since you uh, played? Uh, it's been probably five or six years since Okay, I so I thought it would be a good idea in baseball to have the rule, uh, the same rule as in kickball where you can throw the ball at the base runner <laughs> to get it out. Okay. That, that, don't no. you think that? <laughs> that's assault. <laughs> At least the pitcher is 66 feet away when he does that. I don't know. Yeah, but you got your batting helmet on. You Looking know, to turn get... two. Oh, point blank to the nose. He's out. He's out. He's out cold as well. But uh, Can you think of any rule changes you would make in professional sports? In professional sports? I've told you this. Uh, no, like you can't call a foul if it's in the lane. Like anything goes in the lane. Why? Why would you do that? Now <laughs> like, you're going to have people, you know, sent flying if you step into the paint. Because then, the think of the value of a real enforcer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see who would who would be best suited for a think role of like like, that. like Stephen Adams would be the MVP <laughs> of the league. <laughs> Wait a minute. I mean, you you might have some tragedies going on if you did that. Be a whole new sport. <laughs> It's like the, Billy the Whopper Paltz, maybe, would uh, would be an MVP. Who Anything else? goes. Who, who were the biggest hombres like that that would just uh, clear the paint out? Bill Lambeer? Bill Lambeer. Bill Lambeer would do it so that it hurt more than just falling down. He'd, uh, you know, 
crack your knees open or something. See, huh? You have to have a real enforcer on every team. <laughs> we used to play a game called Animal Ball when I was a kid, and you could foul to your heart's content. Which, which I'm telling you, there's not a whole lot of room we for being too cocky. We called that church ball in my neighborhood. When, <laughs> when you're driving to the lane or driving toward the basket and you're thinking you're all cool, one forearm shiver and you're not so cool anymore and you're spitting your teeth out. <laughs> okay. No fouls in the lane. No fouls in the lane. Well, then you, with the money that's in the NBA, man, I'd start uh, I'd sign football players. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I would say if a team gets up by 20 in the NBA, you can no longer open your hands. You have to play with closed fists. You have to dribble the ball, pass the ball, shoot the ball with closed fists. Well, that, that, how do you shoot with a closed fist? You don't, and then we have close games every night. I do like the idea, like uh, in the, you've got the mercy rule in high school football. I like that idea across. What, the what board. is it? What is it now, Austin? If you're if you're up, it's like up thirty five in the fourth quarter. Is it at least? Sure, I let's make it that. Where it was, uh, but then they just don't stop the clock. Oh, it just rolls. The clock okay. just runs and runs. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, coming up next, uh, Gordon, a friend of mine is going to jump on the show. Uh, the Utah sports community lost somebody this week, uh, Wat Masaka, uh, who's a native of Ogden. Um, in fact, we'll get into his story around the corner, but uh, a good friend of mine has been kind of uh, working behind the scenes to get uh, his number, his jersey retired and, and to honor him, and we want to keep kind of the momentum of that going uh, and uh, we'll talk to my friend Max Chang coming up right around the corner. Stay tuned. Uh, Howard Beck, top of the 4 o'clock hour. Jordan Pendleton at 4.30. Uh, and then uh, our friend Greg Hansen is going to join us at 5.30. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Tony, where are you at, Mon? Montego Bay. Let me ask you this, Tony. How's Nat enjoying the trip? Is she enjoying Jamaica? I told you I could not take her on this trip. I I feel really bad. By the way, happy birthday, Nat. Just yeah. I've been getting attacked for this. It's her <sighs> birthday. You didn't go to the Boise Classic. You're in Jamaica, man. You took her to Oklahoma City, but you can't spring to bring her to Jamaica? I feel bad. I do. So this is how it went down. Nat, I have to fill in on a trip for Utah State, but I'm bringing you with me for your birthday. And she got all excited, and then you logged on and looked at the price and went back to her and said, "Uh, just JK, I'm not bringing you. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse. Come by and see us, 1967 South, 300 West. Also want to remind you to join DJ and PK coming up on Friday, uh, November 26th from 7 to 10 at Murdoch Chevy, 2375 South, 625 West, right there in Woods Cross. Uh, Gordon, uh, we want to welcome to the show uh, a friend of mine. Uh, and I uh, wanted him to jump on with us, Gordon, because uh, Max Chang uh, joins us. And uh, uh, unfortunately, Max, we had a loss in the Utah sports community this week. Uh, Wat Misaka, uh, 
uh, passed away. And um, you have uh, been kind enough to kind of in, include me on, on some of your work behind the scenes of uh, trying to honor him and get his jersey retired with the University of Utah. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit in the sec. But th- first of all, thanks for jumping on. It's great to see you, man. It's great to see you guys, uh, my boys from the hood, literally. <laughs> yeah, right. You didn't have to walk very far to no, come no, down no, on the show. Uh, so, hey, the, first of all, let's let's talk a little bit about Watt, uh, who he was. Uh, for, for those folks out there who maybe haven't heard his story, it's pretty amazing that this happened here in our community. Well, I think it's really and it is amazing. You think about in 1940s, and you know we have the Great World War II going on, and you know both Weber College, now Weber State, and the University of Utah had this Japanese-American play on their team, while the other Japanese-Americans along the West Coast, you know, mostly, you know, along, you know, from California up to Washington, were being gathered up without due process and interned in camps, including one in Topaz mm-hmm. at Delta, Utah. Luckily, the uh, Japanese-Americans here in Utah were not interned, but they were still subject to segregation and so forth. But these two universities, great universities, college and university at the time, allowed a Japanese-American in the middle of World War II to play basketball for them. Amazing. And not only did he play, but he was a great player. He was a really integral part of the team in both 1944. They won the NCAA championship. And then later in 1948, they won the more, at that time, more coveted NIT championship. And um, he, along with, of course, uh, uh, Arnie Farron were the two mainstays of that group. He may not have been like the biggest scorer or the big statistical leader, but they played better with him. And he was a team leader. You know, back then, timeouts, they didn't go back to the bench and talk to the co- coaches. They actually had a huddle on the floor. And who did they look to? They looked to Watt to be their, their coach, basically. He was the coach on the floor for the team. And he was their natural leader. And he did so many amazing things. Not only, like in a championship game in 1948, they were up against the Goliath Kentucky. Um, you know, Utah and Kentucky has a great history. Again, Kentucky Wildcats, the Goliath of 1948. And um, they held the player. He, Watt held the player of the year. Um, uh, uh, oh, 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 his name escapes my mind. Uh, Ralph Beard or something. Uh, Ralph Beard, excuse me, to one point. One point in the championship game. And back then, they were used to announce the MVPs. They go in uh, descending order, like fifth place, third place, and so forth. When they announced third place and Wat Masaka's name, the crowd at Madison Square Garden erupted in boos. At first, they thought, oh, they're booing me you know, because I'm a Japanese-American. He's so used to that. But they were booing because he should have been the MVP. <laughs> Pretty amazing. And, and ended up uh, being, uh, I, I wasn't sure, signed or drafted by the Dicks as well and breaking a barrier. He actually broke two barriers. Not many people know this, but first, he is the first non-white to play in the, in, well, now is the, what is the NBA, professional basketball, just a few months after Jackie Robinson played uh, in Major League. So wow. he's a, he broke the color barrier. But what people even don't even know even more is that he is actually the first collegiate player to be drafted by a professional basketball team. Hmm. So he kind of broke the barrier in two ways. That's amazing. What was his connection to Utah other than playing college basketball here? Is he from here? Yeah, he is a native Utah. From Ogden, right? Born and raised in Ogden. His father was a humble man, a barber. Um, He played 
Um, he had to play at Weber State for two, uh, excuse me, Weber College for two years because he needed to save money. Right. So he could stay at home, he could go there, he could work at the college to save money, and then transfer to the University of Utah where he had those glory days. Even at Weber, he received the MVP for a tournament that they played in. Hmm. Have you watched any film on him? What were what were what was his skill set? What, what was he really great at? He was definitely a defensive stalwart, huh. and also he you know he's actually not very tall. I, I met him. He's like 5'7", but he's quick. Basketball, he has great dribbling skills, and he's just a natural leader. I think, you know, coaches talk a lot about the intangibles. He's one of those with the intangibles. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, uh, and, and again, you've been working on this for a while now, but uh, trying to, to put together something special for him uh, with the University of, of Utah, and I, I assume you want to continue those efforts even uh, now in his memory. Absolutely. Uh, I've had the opportunity to speak with Athletic Director Mark Harlan, and as well as University President Ruth Watkins about the subject, and they're both very open to the idea. Uh, Mark, you know, is relatively new to the university, but one of the first things he did when he came here was to get acquainted with both Arnie and Watt, and he has a really great relationship with them. I think last year they brought him to a game, they kind of honored them. Cool. But I've always asked, why haven't they retired their number, his number? Right. You know, and, you know, the university has a system, and I think the system it makes sense for many players, of certain criteria that they should meet, and that includes, well, playing for a national team, for your country in an international tournament, uh, to be uh, all-conference, to be uh, a national, uh, or excuse me, a conference player of the year, play all four years. Watt doesn't meet any of those criteria, but his circumstances are so different. Can you imagine having a Japanese-American playing for the U.S. national team right. in the middle of World War II? Of course, we didn't have Olympics in 1944, but there's not going to be any tournament. He right. would have no opportunity to do that. Secondly, because... Um, he was Japanese American. He was faced with all this, you know, angst and anger at all these gyms. So they took him off. They kept him off the bench, on a bench, not as a starter. Hmm. But whatever the coach would bring him in, he would leave him in the rest of the game. So how could he become a first team conference or so forth if he's not even first team Utah? Right. Because he has to be on the bench. And I already explained to you why he couldn't play four years at the University of Utah. And he, ser- he served his country in there too, uh, right? He did serve his country, not on a basketball team, but more importantly, in the Army and even in Japan. In Hiroshima, shortly after the nuclear bomb. That's amazing. Absolutely. Well, uh, okay, Max, before I let you go, maybe some listeners out there are, are hearing you want to send some encouragement uh, Utah's way. Maybe uh, what, be great. Uh, email or, you know, just to, just to say, hey, this, this is uh, an important, uh, you know, character in history and, and, and should be honored. Maybe we could do a, start a little um, movement, retire Watt, number 21. And it's important that I want number 21 rather than number 15 because when he left for the Army – he had number 21. When he came back, Arnie and others got their, their positions back on the team. They made Watt try out again. And they actually gave his number 21 away really? to a different player. So I think 21, and I'm sure that ate at him for entire life. Yeah. And I think number 21 would be the one to justify and maybe do a little bit of redemption after all these years. Well, Max, we can't thank you enough for, for dropping by the show and, and giving us a little history and, and seriously, uh, your, your efforts to honor uh, Watt, just awesome. So thanks so much for jumping on with us. Thanks for having me, guys. There you go. That's uh, my good friend Max Chang. And, of course, uh, sad that our, our sports community 
Watt, lost Watt Masaka this week, and what was a, he 90, 95. Wow, he, what, lived, he lived a heck of a life. What an what an amazing what an amazing story. I, yeah. I I can't even imagine. All right, we're here at the warehouse, nineteen sixty seven South, three hundred West. Uh, our friend Tom jumps on with us once again, and and Tom, you always uh, hey, you always, I, I got to add to that yeah. conversation. Yeah, Max is obviously my buddy. Gordon is the godfather. He's got enough pull. If Gordon says it has to happen, we got to get Gordo behind Gordon, this whole thing. Gordon will get, get, get it the, done. Get the man's number retired. Yeah. What a story! What a, what an amazing Incredible. connection. You know, so my dad's that era. Yeah. yeah, everybody's heard me talk about. I lost my dad last April, uh, a month before he turned ninety-eight years old. The greatest generation. Yep. The guy deserves the honor. Give it to him. I think so, too. So that, that's, We just took a vote. All in favor? Yeah. yeah. All, let's do, uh, it. Let's do, let's do it. it. Let's get it done. He's one of the first names I ever heard of when I studied Utah basketball. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, well, Tom, it seems like every time we're here, you, you say, well, I could never have a deal this good again. Well, today, the deal is so good, you might actually mean it. The, 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 I mean <laughs> this it is every amazing. time that I say it. So the deals evolve. So there's a new deal always. Right. But if you're looking for an adjustable bet, do not wait because I won't see this again. Yep. They don't close a warehouse, their distribution center, on the West Coast. They, they can't do it again, right? Right. And if it's not on the West Coast, I don't get the deal. Somebody in the middle of the country or in the east of the country is going to get the deal. So if you're looking for – if you've been waiting and you don't want to spend 2000 you don't want to spend 3000 you won't, don't want to spend $14,000, now is the time. You know, I've often talked with Tom, and you have too, Jake, when we come in, and he's excited about a deal. I've never seen him as pumped up about a deal as this one. He cool. pulled you aside, Gordon, and yeah. said, Gordon, now is you've the been time. Looking, yeah. You've been looking, and Gordon's the godfather. He's got to have the best. <laughs> Only this, the best. <laughs> this, uh, And we're going to talk about que- queens and kings real quick. This base that I talked about, the very best one, it's got every feature they make. And they're literally, if you're buying a king, $3,700 a side. If you're buying a queen, they're $5,900 for the base. And I'm not talking a mattress involved. The queen, I'm going to do it for, sorry, $1,499. Amazing. And if you don't want the best, you want an adjustable bed at the price of a mattress, I've got the adjustable bed, 499 bucks. And we've talked about this for six months. Who's had billboards up? Our competitor, they had six billboards from Nephi to Brigham City. Guess what? They took them down because they couldn't compete at 499 <laughs> yeah. There's no more billboards because 499 is what it cost them. Hmm. It's a deal. So if you're looking for an adjustable bed, I don't care what size it is right now, I can take care of you. Real quickly, I've got a queen with head up, foot up, massage, all the bells, all the whistles. This is not the top of the line. This is next to the top of the line. With a 12-inch gel-infused memory foam base from one of the top, I can't mention the name, one of the very best manufacturers. The mattress is like a $3,900 suggested retail mattress. The whole deal for twelve ninety nine. Wow. That's an $8,000 package for $1,300. That is amazing. If you want the king, the king in the next to top of the line, it's like a $7,700 package. We're going to do it for $1,799. 
You can't do that, Tom. I did it, Grace. <laughs> You've got to take advantage of this. 1967 South, 300 West. You'd be well, crazy like, to go anywhere else. I like else. what he said about the best one. It, it's the absolute deal. best. Amazing. It's a $14,000 package for, what did you say, $24.99. Unbelievable. Get down here. Take advantage of it. Don't forget about their brand new Orem store in University Parkway. The great Howard Breck joins us next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.